Ackerman. And this week we will be reviewing Season 4, Episode 7, Dear Mildred, and Season 4, Episode 8, The Kids. Did you want okay, to start Okay, yeah, let's start off okay. with Dear Mildred. It kind of reminded me, this episode of the Dear Dads from Hawkeye's age, except yeah. this is um, Colonel Potter writing Dear Mildred to his wife. It is Colonel Potter's 27th anniversary coming up. And that's basically what the story is about. It's about uh, Burns and Houlihan are trying to get something made for them. We'll talk about it in a while. Radar ends up giving them the best present ever at the end. Yeah. And in between is the point of getting to the end of the anniversary. Or how the gifts were gotten. Yeah. Um, great episode. I have to say this is one of my favorites. Okay. Because just because of how it ended and mm -hmm. things, not that it's memorable throughout, but the uh -huh. ending will never, that's what it makes it my favorite, Okay. which sure. we'll get to. Sure. So that's basically the gist of what this episode is about. Okay. Anything that you want to start off with? Um, just as a upfront comment, this kind of felt a little out of place to me in terms of episodes. Yeah. It felt like this would have been um, better in terms of placement in this season if it had occurred like within the first four episodes of the season rather than at the back end of the first third. Because he felt like he wasn't a part of yet? Or... Well, it, it felt like Radar had actually gotten um, a pretty good rapport with Colonel Potter by this point and then all of a sudden we see him kind of regress in my opinion like writing the letter and not knowing that radar would know what he's writing about no no radar oh, oh radar it seems like radar regressed in terms of his um his relationship with colonel potter it seemed like he was fairly comfortable huh. with it but then all of a sudden you know in this episode he talks about uh how he can't relax around them. Oh. They were relaxed, you know? Wow. Yeah, that makes so, sense. You know, that, that's my only comment. But, it, yeah, Let, let's talk about the episode. So. Yeah. I, I love any time that they write letters because you get perspective from one character going home. Um, you know, so you yeah. get to hear his thoughts and what's going on in his mind as he writes to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Burns and Houlihan were um, getting what I, I didn't write down the guy's name. You see him in a bunch of episodes. He's like the guy that sells all the little trinkets. And oh, sure. in one episode, he sold a diamond ring or pearls. Or this time, he is going to make a bust of Colonel Potter. So mm -hmm. um, Margaret and Frank went in and got pictures, a front view and a side view. And so they're getting a bust made. For Colonel Potter for his anniversary mm -hmm. um, gives him, them him the picture and it was great because Frank haggled for the price so <laughs> the guy originally said six bucks six bucks for bus six bucks for bust Ooh, hard to say <laughs> um, and Frank haggled and haggled and well, finally got it haggled. down to 750 <laughs> yeah haggled and haggled <laughs> five bucks mm, 750 sold <laughs> And so. I, I love Margaret um, saying, Frank, they don't 
expect Ray, you <laughs> if you don't angle hey, hey, hey over the ice tray, and you see Frank just like really figuring it out. What is she saying in Pig oh. Latin? Oh, <laughs> and then after he agrees to the price, she just looks at him. Um day. Um day. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah. But Frank is Frank. Yes, he is. Gotta love to hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cute when they were getting the front and side shots of Potter, where Margaret's holding up the, you know, whatever it is, the the device to let him know what the exposure settings mm -hmm. should be, and Radar just pipes in. I think it should be this instead. And <laughs> they're like. Stop. Frank just looks at him. Keep your exposures to yourself. <laughs> great. And then he asked if they could take a picture of him. Mm -hmm. But nah. <laughs> Mind your own beeswax, nice. Corporal. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then um, someone called in. I was kind of paying more attention to Ryan at this point, but someone called in about a horse they were going to shoot. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't anybody that called in. Okay. Um, it was that uh the helicopter guy the helicopter pilot who brought in mail uh asked the doctors because for some reason <laughs> radar hawkeye and bj all rushed up to the helipad for the mail um and the pilot asked is there a sharpshooter in camp because there's a wounded horse up north and i just want to put her out of her misery or his misery. His, yeah. yeah, because it's it's a stallion at this point in the show. It mayor stallion. Ends up being a mayor, yeah, <laughs> but uh, Sophie. But yeah, for now it's a stallion. But um, and Radar at that point gets it in his head that no, we can't shoot the horse. Well, you know, Radar, he loves animals. In fact, he called the animal mm -hmm. human a couple times during this episode. He's only human. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, getting beat up. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's getting uh put to sleep in the next room so but um yeah you know it radar has his uh his uh animals i takes care of and th there's a point here oh okay <laughs> i'm looking something up and gloria's staring it at look the, like the it screen has anything to like... do with the story to me yeah <laughs> okay anyway so radar what <laughs> Uh, so Radar decides that he's going to save the horse. And so he enlists the chopper pilot, uh, Hawkeye, and BJ's help. Basically, Hawkeye, BJ, and Radar get into a big flatbed. Um, and follow. A big, yeah, the flatbed supply truck and follow the chopper to this clearing, this creek bed where the horse is. And... Yes hilarious watching the two doctors who mm -hmm. are pretending they know how to you know put that rope around the horse and they mm -hmm. were throwing it and throwing it and never getting it cracked but yeah. great story bj ends up roping hawkeye at one point <laughs> which i thought was pretty good yeah but then i love um when radar just says sirs can i can i try please just stay here and he takes the lasso and he takes the feed bag and just walks up to the horse slowly though very slowly and just doesn't and even doesn't even put the lasso around the horse just takes a loop of rope just like the end of the rope puts it around grasps it with the mm -hmm. rest of the rope and just walks the horse back 
And I love Fallon. And I love uh, Hawkeye's line to BJ. Wow. I wish I could do that with nurses. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah. At that point, just before they take off because they hear the chopper. This is why I was looking this stuff up. Okay. Uh, Radar is in the swamp. And he's explaining to the two doctors that he just can't relax around Colonel Potter. It's like when you're living with your aunt instead of your mom. Um, and he says that his aunt wouldn't let him, uh, wouldn't let him put his dunk his swipe back in his Bosco. Okay. Okay. Now it might make sense what you're doing. So I looked up Zwieback and Bosco because I have no idea. Zwieback is a form of rusk eaten in Scandinavia, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Italy, and Greece. It's a type of crisp, sweetened bread made with eggs and baked twice. Okay. So it's a, kind of like a sweet crunch bread. Bosco, chocolate syrup. Uh, Bosco is Italian for Bosque, small forested place. Uh, it is, yeah, it, it's a... Like a chocolate sauce. It's a chocolate sauce. So his aunt will let him dunk his sweetened bread into the chocolate sauce, apparently. Okay. But that was worth looking up. And it by was, the because I didn't hear that part. So. Yeah. By the way, I looked up the production code, which I assume is kind of the order in which these were shot. Mm-hmm. The production code is 505. So this would have been like the fifth episode shot and during the season, but it was the seventh shown. So, so you are right. So to me, it makes a lot more sense up front in the season than it does where it ended up getting aired. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they, they get the horse back to MASH. Fix like, it up. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> well. Well, yeah. They... Yeah. Here's um, Radar at the front of the horse. Calming uh, him down. Trying because he's to. like the horse whisperer. Be, and they're in the supply room. So it's a very enclosed space. Just big enough for the horse. And the horse just keeps going forward and back. And it's getting more and more agitated. You can tell. And here are Hawkeye and BJ back at the business end. Uh, trying to like the in, bot, just yeah. in case you didn't know the business end. Trying, <laughs> trying to inject the horse with a sedative, and they're doing their best, but the horse keeps moving, and so all of a sudden it's like we're getting out of here because it's getting really agitated. They go out the door, and, and then you see these fake feet flying. Out. Yeah, and just kick out like two boards on the right door, two boards on the left door. You can, I mean, it's. Laura looked up and commented and said, that was very realistic. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... But you wouldn't know how it would look. It might look like that if you were a horse taking... They were awful high, though. But it was a taxidermy horse. Horse, yeah. No. Yeah, it was. You know, it was straight the whole way through. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, it was neat. Uh, just the way that Radar, like, stuck his head through the broken slats in the door and it's like he's all calmed down now (laughs) no radar not going back in there you're in business for yourself and he just grabs hawkeye's uh shirt his outer shirt and come on sir please please (laughs) it's just so cute it's one of my favorite radar moments yeah he is (laughs) the horse whisperer or the animal whisperer animal whisperer yeah um Later in the show, uh, 
Potter is in the mess tent writing Mildred. Her letter. And uh, Father Mulcahy stops in. And he almost immediately gets back up with just this kind of look of concerned horror on his face. Sir, I'm going to go now. Go to your prayers, Father? I can't remember exactly what it was. And Father Mulcahy responded, No, dysentery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Potter says something to the effect of it's amazing how much Mulcahy can do. Because then they have a flashback of a movie night where it was uh, Custer's Last Stand. Which, by the way, Hawkeye and BJ walk into the movie. Hawkeye says um, something like, I'll take five to one on the Indians in this film. Mm -hmm. And BJ says, you're on. What's the name of this, by the way? Custer's Last Stand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the film breaks. And then to try and mollify the rowdy crowd in the mess tent waiting for Klinger to fix the film, Father Mulcahy gets up with, uh, let's see if I can find the name of the person, probably Nurse O'Connor? Oh yeah, and they sang their... Yeah, Barbara Christopher. Uh, They sang a, what was it, like, All Dressed Up and No Place to Go. Barbara Christopher, William's wife. Okay. The father of Lieutenant O'Connor. Barbara Christopher, William's wife. Give the crowd a preview of a musical number they've been rehearsing for the Orphan Show. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all dressed up and no place to go. And she had a beautiful voice. Yeah, they did very well. Yeah. One part that I actually loved about that scene, it was very subtle, but, um... Father Mulcahy, like, they're they're standing up in front of everybody. They're singing. Father Mulcahy puts his hand on her far shoulder. And then it looks very awkward. And it must have felt like it to William Christopher in character. Because then he takes his hand off of her shoulder. And I, didn't, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. So I, I'll have to... <laughs> it looked awkward. <sighs> it felt awkward. But now it makes sense. But now it makes sense. Apparently it didn't need to feel awkward, but it... <gasps> definitely did um but that was neat that just that scene and then also that potter writes home about father mulcahy and he actually plays a pretty large part in this episode and the next one especially considering that he's still listed as a guest star in this uh in the season the whole season i think so yeah i don't think they make that change in between seasons so you know, Jamie Farr is a main cast member now. But yeah, you think they would have made them both yeah. at the same time. But, yeah. oh well, it is what it is. Maybe they can yeah. only have so many. So anyway, um, uh, we get the horse. We've, we're, um, we're through Mildred's letter pretty much. And my, then comes just my all-time favorite part. The, well, not the ending, but yeah, the, the ending. Um, where they are going to give... Um, Colonel Potter his gifts. Mm-hmm. So Frank and Margaret walk in, and of course, BJ and Hawkeye are like, What's going on? Mm-hmm. So the guy that did the bus said, I've got an anniversary gift. And they're like, oh, We're in on this. <laughs> so they followed them in, and they gave him the bus. He opened it, and I thought it was really good. It was a really good bust, except that uh, one Cho, small. <laughs> yeah, Cho, the guy who, you know, carved it, gave. 
Colonel Potter um, Asian-looking <laughs> eyes. <laughs> but other than that, it looked just like Colonel Potter with Asian-looking eyes. Yes. I mean, for seven fifty, mm-hmm. six bucks originally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. fabulous job, mm-hmm. and um. And Margaret and, and um, Frank says, he doesn't look like him. He looks like you. Yeah, I thought I'd give him some class. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And then so, um, um, Hawkeye and BJ kind of horned in on it. Well, I mean, they they didn't really. They said. No, they he knew it wasn't from them. But yeah, just by know, being there, you're part yeah, of the moment. I suppose. And then Radar uh, comes in and says. That's my absolute favorite moment. Yeah. Um, I have something for you. Yeah, well, bring it on in. And so Radar opens both doors, and, you know, the thing is that BJ and Hawkeye had told him, you can't keep the horse. Potter will know. if he see, He's an old cavalryman. We know this. If he sees four flies together, he knows they're talking about a horse. So what does Radar do? He gave he, the horse to Colonel Potter for his anniversary. Yeah. And said, at least this way I got to take care of him. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a great moment because Harry Morgan, I think, delivers just such a great performance in that moment. He pulls out his, his hanky and he's blowing his nose and, and you can just, he welds right up. It's yeah. just hilarious. You know, well, you, no, heartfelt. Yeah, Radar brings in the horse and you just see him instantly. He's looking at the bus and then he looks up and he just goes completely nostalgic and his line is, oh my. Yes. And there's just such... And that's all I needed to say. Yeah. <laughs> but the emotion shine, shows through. Mm-hmm. He walks around the horse. Does a little slip. Um, well, it, it's great. First of all, Radar says, it's a horse, sir. And then he holds out the rein or the rope. Here oh, are the keys. I love that part. <laughs> Here are the keys. And uh, Potter just walks around the horse and looks, well, he can't be more than four years old. And then he's walking back around the back end of the horse, and he slips and catches himself on the filing cabinets, and the horse, uh, Frank is behind him and goes, that's disgusting. (laughs) And what's his response? So tiptoe through the tulips. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's Calvary and he loves horses. And the emotion just shone through. Like I told Chris, this has to be my favorite episode just because of that moment. That Mm. moment just brings such joy to my soul. Yeah. Seeing how much he loved the horse, seeing how much Radar loved it, yeah. it brought home or a feeling of home yeah. to the camp. Yeah. And you know what's the post credit or the 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 last scene that we see? It's Potter riding through camp as wounded are coming in on the horse. And by the way, one thing I love about the whole series, probably because of when it was shot, but just the fact that there are so many practical effects and in general a lack of stunt people for a lot of stuff because it's harry morgan riding the horse it's not like right it's not a stunt guy yeah which again as i mentioned um because your husband jody was here for this episode it's harry morgan you know he would have been in westerns just because of his, his age and at his the time. Ability and, yeah. And he was in many. Jody mentioned a couple, but yeah. I can't remember what he said. Neither can I, unfortunately. <laughs> I was never a Western guy. Yeah. But, you know, he actually rode. I mean, he wasn't just like 
you know, they put him on the horse and made him walk a little while. No, he, he galloped ra- right. through camp. He knew what he was doing on the horse. Yeah, which was really, really cool. And there's another moment in the next episode where it was also the person actually doing the thing, which you don't see a lot anymore. And I'll get to that. We'll have to see. Anything else on this? Uh... No, no. It's just a fun episode to watch. Mm-hmm. When you're watching this one, you'll you'll have those emotions again. Of You just don't see it coming. Yeah. Uh, two little things that I picked up in this episode. The pilot... Um, we see various ranks on pilots throughout oh, the yeah, series. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this. The, the pilot in this episode was a warrant officer, too. So there are five ranks of warrant officer. He was uh, a CW2. Basically, if you imagine uh, a butter bar lieutenant, a, the lieutenant's with the gold bar, right? Imagine a black square on, right. on the top third and the bottom third of the bar, and that's what this guy had on his hat. Do you get to keep your old ones, or do you turn them in when you get a new one? Like, when you go upper rank, do you keep your lower rank ones, or do you have to turn them in? Like, can you collect all of them? Because that would be cool, because, like, a lot of them get busted back down to private, and then they go up to sergeant, yeah. and they go, you know, you got to have quite the collection of, um, of whatever those things are called, or do you have to turn them in when you get your new one? I don't know. Because, like, I I've think my dad only had his that he had, but... I, I think it might be different for enlisted versus officers. Oh, okay. Because, like, enlisted are sewn on. Oh. And officers are actual, like, pins. pins. But I don't know for sure. I have no real good idea. If you know, email us. Let yeah. us know. I would love to know if they get to keep them, you know, if you can get mm-hmm. a collection of yeah. pins and the- ranks. I'm, I'm guessing, well, no, that was, um, I'm just thinking of another episode with Margaret where her and another nurse that she knew when they were coming up through the ranks were talking about them wearing that other nurse's father's best years from their earlobes, but those were medals, not, not rank. rank. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the other thing I picked up on was... In the background, we hear something about the peace talks and how there was a breakthrough in the hmm, peace talks. Did I miss that? Must have. It was very unimportant to the storyline. Okay. But it was the fact that they agreed that the flagpoles at Panmunjom should be 32 feet, 6 and 3 quarter inches high. Okay. Was and it like on the the whole world heralds system? Yeah. Oh, okay. The the whole world heralds this as a great step forward in the peace process. <laughs> okay. I just loved it. It's like really? <laughs> the height of the flagpole <laughs> is a great step forward. Whatever. But you know, That's I have fine. to pay more attention to that background <laughs> stuff and stop playing with Ryan during the show. <laughs> but anyway, um because really, that kind of stuff, I mean, was, everything has meaning to it. Yeah, it was great. Um, anything else about this? Mm-mm, no, huh? I got everything. Okay, so uh, production code, again, was G505. Alan Alda directed this. Oh, really? Yeah, original air date was October 24th, 1975. The guest recurring cast, because William Christopher is in here, and he's really a recurring cast member. Uh, play Father Mulcahy. We have Richard Lee Sung as Cho. Not the only time we see him. No, we see him quite a bit. Uh, in fact, when Hawkeye is Officer of the Day, he's one of the uh, 
Kims, who comes in. It's oh. one of the local indigenous personnel oh, yeah. who uses the Kim <laughs> the card. <laughs> Literally, it's a it's a Kim card. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Buck Young as Dan, uh, Patricia Stevens as Nurse Abel, and Barbara Christopher as Nurse O'Connor. But we also didn't we see Kelly, Nurse Kelly. I remember we, you saying we did. We saw Nurse Kelly in this and the next episode. But, but no lines. But no lines. No lines. So Just she like background character. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay, great. Next so, episode, what was that? That was a, a good one. Season 4, Episode 8, The Kids. Um, I really love this episode. It's the second time we see Nurse Craddy. The essence of it is that Nurse Craddy has to evacuate her orphanage because of shelling. But then uh, they come down to MASH because it's a safe place for her kids. So it, it's really an episode about her kids at MASH and what effect they have on the camp. Yeah. This Nurse Craddy, though, is completely different. The other Nurse yes. Craddy is one from, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to draw a blank now. <laughs> the non-movie Sister Act. You know, um, I can't even think of her name right now. Mm. But she's the tall, long-legged, older lady. Okay. Yeah, this, this is a completely different Nurse Craddy than when I get in my mind. Yep. Um, so, so, I don't yeah. know who is it played by. Uh, this Meg Craddy is played by Ann Doran. Okay. I'll have to look at a different episode yeah. when the other Nurse Craddy is played. Yep. Ann Doran. Which, uh, she did a wonderful job. It's just yeah. not who I'm used to seeing as Nurse Craddy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was quite interesting with all the kids there. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm just going to look up quick. The other episode where we see Nurse Craddy is The Trial of Henry Blake, which is, I think it's the last episode of season two, possibly. I know that we've done it. It was with Colonel Blake, and Nurse Craddy in that episode is played by Hope Summers. And that is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So Hope Summers played Nur uh, Meg Craddy in that episode. In this episode, the kids, it is, uh, Nurse uh, Meg Craddy is played by Ann Dorn. Uh, so yeah, we, I love how they start this episode. It's a very heavy session in OR. Everybody is just exhausted. I mean, Hawkeye comes out, he's the first one out, and he just basically closes his eyes and leans up against um, the, the pre-op wall and starts to kind of nap. Almost. I'm going to do that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you are in your okay. second but yeah um colonel potter does something likewise frank comes out and you can tell that he is just exhausted and then uh radar comes in to pre-op into the scrub room and says that nurse craddy's evacuating and everybody just kind of snaps out to, of it because they love kids yeah you know it's life it's like right exactly in a, in kids place, bring life into your life mm -hmm. especially when you live with either boredom or excitement or no. well you know with them it's just there's so much death yeah. around them and so much wounded and so much negativity that kids kids are always a breath of fresh air at they mash. bring youth to anywhere they mm -hmm. are and so margaret is helping uh get the extra beds and extra cots and everything out and they basically stuff kids everywhere that they can. You know, there are, literally. I mean, there are 
There are a couple that bunk in the swamp. There are, there are three that bunk with Colonel Potter. There are... Um, with radar. There are a few everyone. with radar. Yeah. I'm sure they're not putting them with the enlisted men because that would be... You know, I think they'll just put them with the officers. Probably. And I would also say they probably wouldn't because of space. But they did put them in with the hospital people because they had to move them when they were bringing in wounded. Mm -hmm. So they did put them in the hospital bunks. Did they? Yeah, because radar was moving those as they were putting that body okay. on. Well, that that kind of looked like the mess tent to me. Oh, did it? Yeah. It looked okay. like they were triaging in the mess tent. I suppose when you have a lot of wounded, you mm. triage wherever. Yeah. Okay. And it was night. I mean, it was 4.30 when they were okay. bringing this deluge of wounded in. Um, so you figure in the mess tent, they can triage under light. Okay. You know. All right. I didn't look around, so I didn't notice it, it was a mess tent. Yeah. I just assumed it was. No, that okay. was the mess tent. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Radar ends up, uh, so yeah, he ends up carrying one kid off to the supply room and putting her down there. Okay. Are you ready to get very angry? Oh, wow. Are you ready to get angry? <laughs> In that particular scene, Frank, something got stolen of Frank's. We'll come back to what it was. But he's talking about why they have to steal. Because they're so poor, Major, Radar says. Well, there's no excuse for being poor. There's no reason to be poor. Can't they get a job? <laughs> yeah. As there were wounded being brought in around Frank, he's completely ignoring, ignoring the everything wounded. Around and, and just berating how lazy these kids because they stole something from him that he did not earn. Okay. Yeah. So what did they steal? They stole a purple heart. He got it for getting a shell, shell fragment. In his eye. Go ahead. What kind <laughs> of shell fragment did he get? You just assume a shell fragment is from a bullet. bomb or yeah. a bullet. And I, I love what uh, Hawkeye said. During the sniper attack, I treated that, Frank. Was that was an eggshell egg fragment. <laughs> you were cracking an egg. But I deserved it. It was a shell fragment. It was from the war. I deserved the yeah. purple heart. <laughs> it was. And Hawkeye was like, no, oh. these are reserved for wounded men. Yeah. Who got hurt in the duty. Line of duty, duty. yeah. I don't think this is the only time that this happens to Frank, by the way. Where he gets a purple heart and then it's stolen from him by Hawkeye. But I think this is the first time. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to what they do with it in just a At little the end, bit. Yeah. But see, so yeah, uh, these kids are all over. I love how in the swamp uh, they have a couple of boys, and uh, they have to tell them a story. Yeah. So BJ starts telling them a story, and I really didn't. I think catch Hawkeye what... told the story first because Hawkeye told the oh, story yeah. of. <laughs> There was How a captain. This, this gentleman gets this purple heart for something he didn't do. <laughs> yeah. But then, then BJ told his story. And I think you actually caught what the story was. Androkees and the lion. It was basically, if you remember, the story of the mouse and the lion, where the lion had a thorn in his paw. Mm. And the mouse pulled the thorn out. But this was Androcles pulling the thorn out. And at the end... Um, they threw Androcles in with the lion to be eaten. It was during the Christian... During the, yeah, the, the 
why can't I think of the word? Anyway, uh, Romans, Christians. Yeah, where where they were throwing Ro- Christians in with lions just to watch them get eaten. Mm-hmm. But the lion was the friend whose paw he saved, and he wouldn't eat him. He just laid down, yeah. which is a, a great Bible story, but it was a, the story that BJ told. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Um, I heard the story with a mouse and the lion. Laura mm. heard it that way too, probably because I'm her mother. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, BJ told it with Androcles, yeah. a Christian. But he boy. didn't. He didn't finish the story, right? He's, oh yeah. He got to a point. The boys fell asleep, and then Hawkeye just looked at him and went, "How's it end?" <laughs> no. You can't be serious. <laughs> You're not gonna finish. <laughs> <laughs> Hawk, I think your senility is coming in a little early. <laughs> oh. Um, so then we switch over to Colonel Potter's tent and the three kids he has there. And one of them is wearing his cavalry hat with the colonel pin on it, which is so cute. But then he it opens with him saying, are you sure? And they point at the book. Okay. But you don't Ma- understand English, but I'll keep going. Maintenance instructions for the <laughs> Garand gun. rifle. So the M1 Garand, that would have been one of the staple weapons in World War II. Um, you know, when you think of military weapons now, you kind of think of the M16. This is the equivalent. Uh, as I recall, the problem with this, though, is it was a top-loading rifle. So you had a clip of bullets... But they went in from the top. Okay. There was only one way to reload, and that was to eject the entire magazine. Okay. So you couldn't, yeah, so you couldn't pull it out from the bottom. I'm just going on an aside here, and I apologize. But the thing is, like, <laughs> that was... He's on a second, too. <laughs> th- this was really helpful to the Germans, because all they had to do was wait until they heard... Doo, doo, doo. And then they knew that they had to reload. Reload, and so then they could rush up. But uh, that would have been what Colonel Potter was talking about, was the M1 Garand. And he's explaining, rest the rifle butt against your left Look, leg. pictures! <laughs> and then grasp the on either side of the trigger assembly with your thumb and forefinger. And swing up as far as you can. And he flips a page. <laughs> oh, look, look pic- pictures! <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. The kids seemed to enjoy it, and yeah. they were sleeping. They just liked they, the sound of being read to. Yeah, and I, I loved, you know, they fall asleep, and he goes, and they lived happily ever, ever after. after. And then he picks up his cigar, lean, takes the hat, puts it on his head, leans back, starts smoking, and then lifts the book up and starts reading <laughs> it again. <laughs> like it was a good story. Next is Radar's <laughs> Camp. Yeah, he and is. And they were sleeping, and Radar fell asleep also. Mm. And one of the little boys reached in, lifted up Radar's blanket, stole it, or didn't steal, took his teddy bear, yeah. <laughs> put the blanket back down, and mm. fell asleep with Radar's teddy bear. It was adorable. It was. <laughs> it's so adorable. Mm-hmm. A little bit later, we see um, Klinger out on night patrol. Radar comes out through post-op with a kid, which, by the way, I don't know why you would go from Radar's office all the way through post-op and out to get to the latrine, but whatever. Oh, whatever. He, they had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Both of them, yes. by the way. Um, and what they end up seeing is this very pregnant woman stumble into camp 
with a red spot on her dress and it's a pregnant woman that Meg Crady had been waiting to arrive at MASH and she had been shot by a sniper. Right. Um, so they get her into OR. Meanwhile, and very touch and go too. Yeah. Like everyone was praying for her. Mm-hmm. In fact, I thought that was really cool because everyone prayed for her, even Klinger, who was an atheist. And yeah. father said, aren't you an atheist? He said, I gave I, that up for Lent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, BJ, he clearly believes in prayer. Yeah. Like, ooh. Klinger believes in a lot of things. Yeah. He just, he, Klinger the person acts in certain ways to try and get out of the army. But so. Klinger for real is mm. a very devoted person. Yes, he is. I mean, whatever he is doing, whether it be faith or. And you see that lots of times. I mean, he gives wife. blood mm. twice. Yeah. When it's just like, don't wake up anybody else. I'm here. I'm here. Just take it. When when his wife left him, I never saw so much oh. emotion. He was so broken up he, about that. And truly broken yeah. up. Like, yeah. And he's trying to make the... Well, anyway, that's another episode. We'll go mm-hmm. there another time. But mm-hmm. just saying that he, yeah. he's very devoted and everyone was praying because it was yeah. a tough... Yeah. I mean, she was shot. Yeah. While... So, while the pregnant woman is getting a C-section from uh, BJ and Nurse Craddy, before all the wounded arrive, we know that they're coming, but before they arrive, Frank, the Frank is still trying to find the thing that was stolen from him. He ends up going into the O Club, where there's a bunch of kids bunked out, and there is um, one young girl who's actually playing. Beautiful playing the piano. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew the songs. The Browns... It's, um, Oh, is it Brahms Overture? You know, oh, I, 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 I think it's Brahms. <laughs> I love it. Does yeah. it say on there? Uh, I don't think so. No. I, when no. I heard it, I thought, that's Brahms. So I, I, okay. I, that's what I think it is. But you could tell. I mean, she was actually playing on the piano, which again, this is one of those points in the series where you see somebody actually doing something. Now, in a TV show, if somebody was going to, they went to play the hands. piano, yeah, it would be a, a down shot, so you couldn't see their hands. And the person. You'd and either see the hands or the person, but not both. Both, right. So, this was a young girl, probably, what? 12? I was going to say 9 12? to 12. Yeah, 9 to 12, range. I would say. And she was playing, and she was playing. And they showed her full, so yeah. you know she was truly playing. Yeah. It was beautiful. Oh, it was great. Um, but Brian and I practice every day. Nice. <laughs> um, I love when Frank comes in. He just looks at her, show off. <laughs> and uh, they tried yeah. to put her to bed before that too, but she snuck up. So it was and something that playing. she truly loved. Yeah. Get bed, I'm Frank. jealous of anyone that can <laughs> do that. That's such a gift. Any yeah. kind of music. I'm tone deaf. So mm. when I hear that mm-hmm. stuff, I, I just... It overwhelms mm. me. Mm. That's such a gift. If any mm. of you play a musical instrument, it's a gift. Yeah. Believe me, people have tried to teach me many <laughs> times. So, um, then though, we do end up in OR. Uh, the wounded start coming in. Mm. And BJ is performing the C-section with Nurse Craddy's help. I love the part where Frank ends up coming into OR. Oh, yeah. And not case. Colonel, can I talk to you? Something of mine was stolen. And Colonel Get Potter, ready. Yeah, doesn't even look up, just goes, We need your hands, Frank. Colonel, I'm... these people are thieves. Wash up, Major. 
And he wasn't going to wash up. And then Colonel Potter just says, Father, will you please help Major Burns wash up? <laughs> and you got to see a little rougher side of Father. Yeah. I liked it. He just grabs him and drags him into the washroom. <laughs> and you actually hear Frank go, Father, you're hurting me. You're not supposed to hurt people. <laughs> and Father Mulcahy just says, I did some boxing before I joined the seminary. But then he started washing Frank's hands and it scared me because Frank kind of liked it. Yeah, that's very soapy. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. Oh, but then okay. we, as, We're going more places than we need to go. As he's washing up, uh, we hear the... Uh, yeah, so you knew the baby was born. Mm -hmm. He got hit in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where, you know, Father Okay, he says, let's now bow our heads in silent prayer for the mother and we see Klinger bowing his head, too. That was neat. Oh, sorry, I went out of place. No, no, that's fine. Um, and actually, they say that the bullet actually nicked the baby's the baby. butt. Yeah. So it went through the mom, nicked the baby's butt on the way. Aww. And so then... So the baby's first memories of life are wounded. So how awful is that? Yeah. But... but um, we see in post-op because Frank is still all bent out of shape about what got stolen of his and it was the purple heart which Hawkeye stole and Colonel Potter awards to the, the baby. baby yeah and um so great ending the baby gets purple heart yeah I thought it was great when Colonel Potter says gee, Hawkeye, I don't know where you got this. And Margaret's right there and goes, I think I do. <laughs> but Margaret kind of agrees that yeah. it needs to go to the baby. Yeah. And Frank didn't say anything. Yeah, because, so... yeah, uh, BJ hauls Frank down to post-op and, post and points at the baby. You know, like, he this deserved it. Wounded. He actually got wounded. Shot in the battle. Yep. In the line of duty. Well, not in, the line of duty. Yeah, but, but and, uh, yeah, in the butt. You're right. Yeah, it was in <laughs> the butt. He, literally in the butt. Um, the I keep getting the thought that I want to express, and then it goes away. Uh, oh yeah, the baby. This is the supposed show to be is on called Newport. Whiskey and Mash. Yeah, uh, that sometimes this, makes our thoughts <laughs> go away. <laughs> um, this was supposed to be a newborn baby. Yeah, and that clearly was now, not. Now I have a nine and a half <sighs> month old at this point. That was not a newborn. Nine and a quarter. Nine and, nine and three quarters. Oh. <laughs> that was not a newborn. That was a couple month old baby at least. Just saying. I get it, but no. <laughs> not a newborn. Um, But really, that's pretty much where the Two great episodes. episodes Watch them. Let yeah. us know what you think. Because mm -hmm. there's definitely things that... You know, we could have gotten wrong or said, you know, differently than, or maybe disagree with something mm. or agree with us. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know um, your thoughts. Your be before we get oh. to closing out oh, the sorry. episode, can we? So, can we finish? Yes. Oh, I thought we did. No. Okay. So this episode Hood of Mash, the kids was production code G five eleven. It was directed by Alan Alda. We'd love to have you, Alan, come visit us. <laughs> It aired originally October 31st, 1975. Halloween. And the guest recurring cast, uh, William Christopher as Father Mulcahy, Jamie Farr. Well, no, oh, that's not why? a recurring cast. 
He's part of the main cast. Uh, Anne Doran is main karate, like we had mentioned. Uh, Hanani Min, Hanani Min as Sung Lee. I think that would have been the mother oh, okay. of the baby. We uh, need a different Sung Lee later. Mitchell uh, Sakamoto as the sticky boy who... Which means I think he's the little... He, <laughs> he was the one who Frank thought stole. Yeah. yeah. Kelly Nakahara is carried, uh, credited in here. She what part though? I we don't know if she her. actually spoke, but yeah, she did help load one of the kids onto the truck, gave right. him a kiss. So we do see her. Chrisleen Soon as a Korean girl, and Darren Lee as a Korean boy. I bet she's the Korean girl who played the piano. Could be. I'm yeah. sure they would have to pay her a little bit more, so she would have to be credited. Could be. Yeah. I um, would guess. I, I'm guessing. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Now, the other part of this episode that I love is right at the end, we have all these kids loaded up into the truck. Nurse Craddy's driving off. Oh, And before she does, <laughs> okay, uh, she's talking to him, and she actually is speaking Korean. Like I say, I know some phrases, and she actually does say, um, which is Korean. But or? I have no idea, oh, actually. Okay. I forget. But it is Korean. But yeah, the I think what you're thinking of is... Radar. Radar comes <laughs> up and finds this one boy and goes, Hey, come Give on. Give it here. <laughs> Opens up his jacket, takes out his bear, puts in this little like rag doll. And he says, are we okay? Are we good? Okay. Like pats him on the head, pulls down his hat, and then gets off the truck. <laughs> he almost lost his tape. <laughs> so... Um, that is the kids, like Lori said, two great episodes. Um, yeah, you know, let us know what you think. Head on over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Head over to the Whiskey and Mash page, and I've updated the website. So you can just click on the links to find our Facebook page, and you can click on another link there to email us. I'm so lucky. I just sit back and talk every week, and Chris does all the work. So this it, is like, you know, the job to have. But yeah, it's all there on the website. You can find us on Facebook through the website. You can email us through the website. Just click on there, and it'll bring up your uh, email application, or you can just copy the email address right off the page. Uh, if this is your first episode, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. You can find us there, subscribe to us so that every week when we come out with a new episode, it'll download automatically to your podcast playing device. Or if you don't do the podcast thing, you can head over to narclaninc.com, navigate to Whiskey and Mash page on the site, and there are all the raw MP3 files of all of our episodes. You can either download them from the website onto your MP3 player, or you can stream them right off the web page. That works pour yourself a drink and come join us at whiskey and mash yeah, we'll see you next time see you next time oh, gotta put the headphones on got a new mic and it picks up the music through the headphones there we go so why did you whisper it because it's more dramatic I'm walking <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs>